In our society, there are lines all over. There's me and you. There is the other, and then there's the other other. On this episode of Inverse, we're going to look at the point of education and how to cross these lines. So stay with us. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Regardless of culture, regardless of society or nation that you're in, there are lines, there are classes, there are different peoples and different races and different, just different categories that we're in. How does the topic of, of education intersect with these kind of societies? On this episode, we're going to look at the topic of selflessness and true service. We are in the studio on this episode of Inverse. We haven't been in the studio for, for well, that was the last quarter. And so we're really appreciating the, the studio. We appreciate the air conditioning, some of us, not all of us. And we totally want to welcome uh, Callie, who is joining us from afar. And we appreciate the time yeah. difference and the space difference, but she <laughs> is here with us. So, Siku, you can pray for us. We appreciate it. For sure. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come to Scripture, and we pray that you would be our teacher now, that we may obtain an education from you that would transform us and make us more like you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Let's go to our beginning text from Luke chapter 10 and Israel. If you can read there, Luke 10, uh, verse 25. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him, who fell among thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Okay, thanks, Sister Joel. And that was a long passage. And again, we're trying to get deeper into Scripture and in the time allotment that we have, we choose one passage and we really want to get into this. So we want to encourage you if you're watching out, watching us to, uh, to get into this text with us. So Kelly, we, we, uh, we love you. We, we are so glad you could be part of us. So as I said <laughs> during the break, that you are kind of like the, the balsamic glaze that brings a pizza all together at the end. And we're so glad that you were here. I can't believe <laughs> I mentioned about American customi customizable pizza. <laughs> On, on inverse, but we want to ask you: What are some uh, some thoughts that we've covered in this arc on education that you've appreciated and that you remember up mm -hmm. to this point? 
Yeah, there's been a, a common thread that I've really appreciated throughout the episodes we've done so far, and that is that true education originates with Christ himself, um, mm. with God. It's not in a book or a degree or a school or even necessarily some kind of experience, but it's really just about that communion with God, mm -hmm. um, that God is our educator. He's the one that has the best purposes for us. And just, it is how Christ-centered education itself is. And that's really been just a beautiful thing to discover because that's not really the first thing you think of, right? When you think of education, I think of like homework or grading because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was also a teacher mm -hmm. for a long time. <laughs> so it's nice to see that education is really at its best, it's Christ-centered. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm from an Asian background. I mean, my parents were like, you're an Asian. You're not a Bijan. You're not a Cesian. You're not a Dijan. You've got to get straight A's because you're an Asian. And I, I just remember that. education was over here and spirituality was over here. In many ways, mm -hmm. I mean, Sabbath, uh, keeping Sabbath and taking a break for education was just a yeah. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, sure. exercise or wonderful practice, I should say. And sometimes uh, we, 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 these, these two are separate, and I really appreciate it in our conversation that we've brought in creation and redemption and mm -hmm. spirituality, and we're just kind of mixing it all, but we're not really muddying it. It's actually coming into order pretty, pretty nicely. Uh, we're now we're in, we're in Luke chapter 10, and so Israel, what does Luke chapter 10 have to do with, with education in a broad sense? We'll get deeper into yeah. the text. So. When we when we talked about in the first episode, we talked about how education necessitates an acquaintance with God, uh, not just as a not just as a, a an awesome add-on, but it's it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Why is it is it why is it important for us to know God? Because God is the the beginning of education. He is education itself. He gives us knowledge. Mm -hmm. He has a monopoly on knowledge. We can't find it outside of Him, and He's also the end goal. The whole point of life is to know God for who He is. Then, so let me parse that out because that yeah. sounds very, very out there. Yeah. Uh, so God is the beginning of education. I mean, he is the source. Yes. He is the one who, who, who everything that we know is, is who he is. So yeah. that's where it all sorts, uh, starts off with. Then you said and he is the means. Yeah. So when God created us, he created us for the purpose of knowing him. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Now we have fallen. Uh -huh. And now the question is, in a fallen state, how do we live life? Mm -hmm. Well, God is now... The source, not only is he the source of education, but he's also the medium of education. Mm -hmm. It is God that teaches us. You know, we talked about the practicality of calculus and all these different things. It is God who is the constant, stable line that says, all right, knowledge itself is not going to give you what you need in life. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is limited. Knowledge is not going to give you peace. Knowledge is not going to bring society to where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I need to be uh, the center of that. Mm -hmm. And so God is not just the beginning of education, but he's also the source of education. He's the medium of education. Mm -hmm. And he's and then he's the end goal, you were yeah, saying. Yeah, he's the he's end goal. That, uh, if, if all this properly takes place, that is what the results will be. We will be like God. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a, that's a pretty profound right. point uh, that, that encapsulates yeah. all of education. And that's the whole purpose of education. Now, it, why why is it important for us? So, so we talked about acquainting ourselves, knowing God. This is important, not just to know of him, but to know him. When we talk about the knowledge of God, two things emerge. One of them is the God as our creator. We need to know God as the creator of the world. So we studied the topic of creation, not only God as a creator, but also God as our redeemer. Why is that important or what surfaces from that? What surfaces from a knowledge of God from these two components is the fact that God is love. Creation is, uh, is motivated by love. Redemption is motivated by mm. love. And so here when we're reaching uh, Luke chapter 10, 
we're talking about, you know, that question, what must I do to be saved? The answer is you need to love God, mm. but you also need to love your fellow being, mm -hmm. human being. And so this is now we've looked at in acquaintance with God, and we're now transitioning over to what it means to love our fellow human beings. And love for others will ultimately be demonstrated in genuine unselfishness. And if there's any story in Scripture that demonstrates what genuine unselfishness looks like, the it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, before we get into the text uh, of Luke, I was just thinking, when it comes to atheistic and, and atheism and, and secularism, and, and then we talk about intelligent design and talk about theism and, and, and trying to bring theism onto the academic table, there, there are those who are intellectually honest, and they say, you know what, that intel intelligent design could make sense. We, we, there are, we can see design, but when it comes to the idea of that behind that intelligence is a person or a personality of which we have a relationship with, this is where they get. This is just too infantile. This is too ridiculous. This is this is not academia. This you've crossed the line here. Yeah. And then they actually become intellectually dishonest. And they say, we can't get into that level of creativity. But this is where God is actually saying we need to enter into that relationship. There is a person a, a, a with thoughts, independent emotions, and, and, and a beginning and an end. And I mean, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that which is ridiculed is that which would, it is embraced by Scripture. Right. And the crazy thing about that is that, and, and what God tells us is, look, not only do I exist, but it is your privilege to find that I exist in so many ways that you don't even know of. Mm. And so everywhere, wherever we look outside of the blight of sin, this knowledge of who God is and of his character is revealed. Mm -hmm. I mean, the character of God is revealed in all of, in all of creation. It is revealed in all of redemption. And as we study these things, we learn more and more valuable things of who God is. What does that do? It creates in me a desire to be like him and to then exercise love to my fellow human being. Mm -hmm. And you will realize, will realize that the whole point of that is this is what makes society good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What makes society good is not understanding calculus in and of itself, but the, what makes society good is my wrestling with calculus to see how am I going to make this a blessing to my fellow. So imagine a society not with uh, doctoral degrees in calculus, but imagine a society full of good Samaritans. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, yeah, or, or Samaritans that under that have a PhD in calculus. That, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you yeah. go. There's yeah, because you know we don't have to put down. You know, we don't have to put down calculus, but 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 we have to we have to reach beyond, mm. beyond achieving calculus. a degree, and that's the whole point of education. Is not the pursuit of a certain course of study, but it has to do with the whole being. And with the whole period of existence, okay. Possible. Okay, so let's go into the text. Siku, what what is this selflessness? And where uh, maybe there's some people who don't know the story of the Good Samaritan. We just read it. Israel just read it. But he's he, Israel brought out this selflessness. And where where is that highlighted in the text? Uh, you see, if that? if I could backtrack in in okay. the text, um, okay. like that. The story comes about because a lawyer is asking Jesus a question. So this is an educated individual. Mm. And Jesus throws back the question at him. And to mine, what knowledge do you have already in you to answer this question that you're asking him? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is kind of like a, you know, an instructional, uh, so, so, what do you call it? Socrates method? Socratic, Socratic method. Socratic, <laughs> yeah. Socratic, you know, type Jesus situation. Method. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's used contemporary terms. Okay. It's a Christian method. A Christian Jesus yeah. method of <laughs> answering the question. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you have this interchange that's happening. It's, it's kind of an educational moment, right? And this lawyer who's an educated man asks Jesus, who is considered a rabbi, this question, and Jesus throws it back at him. And in the answer that he gives, 
there's he he's got a question again which is really the real question he was asking was who is my neighbor which was a question that was being debated all the time in their schools it was like so where do you draw the line for who I'm supposed to love mm. right because I should love my neighbor mm -hmm. and where are those lines drawn mm -hmm. and then Jesus answers with this parable and so it's I just wanted to place it in the context of this was actually an, a quote academic debate that was current in the time like mm -hmm. who is my neighbor mm -hmm. So when we come back after the break, we're going to see how Siku deals with her neighbors in a very Christ-like or Socratic way. Stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. As I said on top of the show, there are a lot of lines in society, different categories, and sometimes we take uh, the Bible, we take Christianity, we take church, and we impose that to even redefine and reestablish these lines. And this text in Luke chapter 10, the story of the Good Samaritan goes against that. Siku, you were saying uh, how we treat our neighbor. Right. Uh, it, it, they, uh, I was, uh, what I was saying was that they had, when in the answer that of how I'm supposed to be saved, mm. um, it was the answer was you love God and you love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. um, but the question was, who is my neighbor? Who am I required to love? Mm -hmm. So you, you have here that they had accepted, at least this lawyer had accepted that you must love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. But now it was like, how far do I have to go? You know, like, how deep is this loving my neighbor thing? And how much is required of it's it's almost like sometimes we come to God and it's like what's the minimum I can do in order to be saved mm -hmm. and it, he was kind of asking God he was kind of asking Jesus that what's the minimum that we have to do in order to be considered as loving our neighbors mm -hmm. and then the answer that Jesus gives is not a minimum answer it's, it's actually maximum. yeah it's mm -hmm. a maximum answer mm -hmm. um and and that's that's where the parable goes I don't know if I should go go into it or yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay um, so in Jesus' answers, he, he gives these, uh, these three individuals that pass by a man who has uh, fallen on, difficult, on a difficult situation, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have the priest passes by him, you have the Levite passes by him, and then finally you have the Good Samaritan. And the first two who pass by would be considered upstanding individuals in society, and actually you'd anticipate that their response to seeing someone in that situation would be appropriate. Mm -hmm. But the way that Jesus tells the parable is that even though they are educated, they are upstanding, even though they're considered, um, you know, in, in terms of social class, they are up there, mm -hmm. but the way that they respond is actually not appropriate for someone who is a keeper of the law. Mm -hmm. But the individual who you would not anticipate that kind of response for from is the one who actually responds in the right way. Mm -hmm. So as far as, you know, understanding what the law requires, this lawyer maybe has an understanding of you, you're supposed to love God and love your neighbor, but when it comes to applying the law in your life, apparently, just by virtue of asking that question, he is deficient in the character that it takes to love someone who is other, mm -hmm. someone who is different. And then this person who is considered other, considered different, maybe, quote, uneducated in matters of the law, he's the one who actually in his life 
has an, an, an endemic understanding of what is required from mm -hmm, the law mm -hmm. of God. I, I'm actually thinking in verse 33, a certain Samaritan uh, of these three groups, I mean, you have two who are privileged, who are upper class, two who have not been socially wronged. It's the Samaritan who's been, has gone through the suffering, who's been persecuted, who's been, if you know the history, has been mixed by the Assyrian the Assyrians, mm -hmm. and they're the ones who have been wronged. And he, here he's kind of the hero of the story. Right. Something to something to, mm -hmm. to, to to bring out, Kelly. Uh, yeah, I want to keep going around along those lines of just you know Jesus was very good with details. One of the billions of reasons why I love him, mm. and he could have just said a, a man came by, but he, he specifically says a priest, which you know as as we know like this is the person who's supposed to do something right, and then he's like, okay, if you missed it, a Levite who is from a tribe who was selected by God to represent him and to, to minister to other people on his behalf. And like Levites know who they are from being a Levite. It's not a job you choose when you're 12. Like it's, it's who you are. Mm -hmm. And that person failed too. And then to your point about a Samaritan and Samaritans, I mean, I would, it's probably likely that the Samaritan had a personal bad experience with Jews and this, this shows me like Matthew 5, right, where it talks about how we should minister to people and we should bless people and pray for those people who are mean to us and are unkind. And so the Samaritan wasn't like, man, I hate Jews because they're mean to me. and I'm not going to minister to him. But the Samaritan shows Christ-like unselfishness because the Samaritan sacrifices his his own things for someone who probably was mean to him. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus sacrificed himself for people who were completely against him in their identity, like in, in our nature. And Jesus is like, I'm going to lay all of it out. So the Samaritan, as you're saying, is he's doing the maximum. He is being Christ-like level unselfish. Mm -hmm. And so I love that too in response to verse 29, because the person isn't asking about this to know more you know, to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. He's asking to justify himself, like, give me where I can exclude. And so Jesus is like, all right, you want to do that? Let me show you <laughs> what the true level is here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to what we've talked about before, this isn't, this isn't achievable in our own strength or by gritted teeth, but it's in by surrendering to Christ. Mm -hmm. So I love just that balance of how Jesus shows us things. He's like, here's the standard. And we're like, that's way too high. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know. So let me like work in you so you can get up there. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm thinking <laughs> just in the North American context. You know, we're living in these weird, weird times. And just, you know, whether you have a MAGA hat or you have a BLM t-shirt, I mean, both sides. I mean, Jesus is talking to both sides mm -hmm. to cross that yes. line. And whether you, whatever, whatever clothes you're wearing, we got to put on Jesus first mm -hmm. to be willing to be yeah. that good Samaritan and go beyond whatever classes, whatever wrongs been done, whatever, whatever has not happened to you. Uh, these are, these are things that, that are, that are emerging in my mind right now. I don't really plan for that, but Kelly. Yeah. I just, it's just a tagline that I just try to keep in mind. I might've said it on a previous episode, but there is never a time not to be Christ-like. Mm. There's never a context, never an opportunity, never an interaction, mm -hmm. but we can always be Christ-like and we're always expected to be mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love what Otsiku mentioned is about the maximum. And, and, and here, Kelly, what you're yeah. saying is not even for that day. I love how the, 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 t the text continues on. Verse 35, the next day he departed, he took out two mm -hmm. denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. What more, what, whatever more you spend, then I will come and repay you. So he's not even thinking for that day. Mm -hmm. It's like checkbox. I did my good Samaritan deed <laughs> of the day. Yes. He, there's an investment for the future. Mm -hmm. It's not 
be Christ-like today. I got to be Christ-like for tomorrow, and even preparing for that. And then there's a sacrifice yeah. that takes he takes the hit for for the future, okay. which is uh, yeah. I think there's some, something to unpack there. And I just love that mentality, though, because he's he's not yeah, just not the checkbox mentality. And mm -hmm. it's not like are people watching? Like he's on a deserted road, and he found a guy who was hurt. So there's no glory. There's no look at me. And he's not thinking about. He's just like man, this person needs help. And so I think. That's one thing also that I want to harp on for a second is how simple the Christian life is. It's not easy, but it's simple, right? He's not like calculating, tallying points of his strengths or his weaknesses or his good points or his bad points. Just like someone needs help. I will help them. That's mm -hmm. it. Like, mm -hmm. It's not complicated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to say um, that what, I, I thought of this when you're talking about it takes something from him. It takes, it takes, something out of him in order to be a blessing to this for to this person who is other than him right um the samaritan um it takes something out of him because of the experiences that he has had in his past with jewish people the way that his people maybe even if it wasn't a personal experience but the way that his people were treated by jewish people and so there are these lines that society has drawn um that would it takes something out of you to cross that line mm -hmm. right um and then, like you were pointing out, that the I will repay you, that it takes even a financial investment out of him. So when, when answering the question, what does it really mean to love? Loving requires giving of yourself, mm -hmm. giving of, 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 of yourself in terms of an emotional investment. It takes giving of yourself even like a financial, like material investment. There's no way that you can actually show love without giving. And so this Good Samaritan demonstrates that in the way that he responds to the need that he sees before him. And sometimes we want to love without giving, mm. without giving of ourselves, without divesting, of, yeah, without taking a hit to our finances, without taking a hit to our emotional, you know, stability. It's like, oh man, I'm just, I just, I just can't with you right now, you know, and that's it. Like we're done. But loving means that I'm going to invest. It's going to take something out of me. And so what the Good Samaritan shows us in response to the, like, who is my neighbor? It's who is my neighbor? It's, it's that to love someone, it takes something out of you, and more so takes something out of you for someone that you maybe typically wouldn't mm -hmm. because society would actually be like, well, we get it. Mm -hmm. We understand why you didn't stop. And I would add to that, there's mm -hmm. sometimes, I, 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 the way you're describing me in many, many ways, but it's not within me. I cannot mm -hmm. do it. I cannot love that person. And I think that we need to, everyone needs to come to that point because that is real. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not within me. And so there is that, that supernatural link mm -hmm. that, that we come to that point that it, it failure within me, it is not within me. That is a first realization mm -hmm. because current education says, no, you are, you, it is possible for you. Yeah. You can overcome, try harder, da, 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 da. But uh, we rely on a supernatural, external, outside, what they call an alien righteousness and, 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 and rely on that. Mm -hmm. uh, second oh. is, okay. <laughs> You, I mean, you could do a second or I could... Well, I, I, I forgot my point. Okay, so can, I, can I... Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. take your point away. Okay. But, but just, I, I was thinking about, you know, tying it back to um, what we're saying in the beginning, with Israel's comments right at the beginning of this episode mm. about um, love being at the, at the core of, you know, like knowing God and mm. knowing his character and his character is one of love, mm -hmm. that 
when it says, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and if the glory of God is, a, is, is his character that out on display, and, and that character is one of love, then really we've fallen from being able to, to demonstrate love, like mm -hmm. to truly love, we're incapable of doing that. Mm -hmm. And for God to restore us to his image, like just as a baseline, forget knowing, you know, understanding the complexities of science or, or you know, like the, 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 you know, nuances of whatever. Forget that stuff. Like even just as a base, being able to love. And I'm a mother, and what, what this is telling me is that I don't even know how to love my own children, mm. truly, mm -hmm. you know? And we've fallen from that, like the most basic of interactions, you know, that humans have. And in that fall, like God is just trying to bring us up to like, let me show you how to love, and we can't even do that of mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that, this process of education is trying to bring us to a place where we can love even just as a basic. Amen, amen, amen. What are Kelly and, and, and uh, Israel? Yeah, I just want to harp on that point. I think both you and Seek have just said about, you know, this, it's really taking us outside of our own natural capabilities, gritted teeth or otherwise. And as someone who likes to be able to see what Jesus is doing in my life, um, I think this is a good indicator of when we look back on our life and we're like, man, I did not accomplish that by myself. Mm. It is evidence that the Holy Spirit is moving in your life and is educating you in this Christ-like education that we're talking about. So that, that gives me encouragement too, is when we have to hit that wall in order to you know reach out to God and to have him take us past it. So the wall should just be an indication that we need more surrender to Christ. Yeah. I mean, taking your, your comment and, and, and Siku's comment together, the question is, is where has our current education, has it taught us to be selfless? Has it taught us to, to love? Mm -hmm. And it's not. And so the question is, where do we learn to, 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 in a sense, where do we learn how to be human in, in, a, mm -hmm. in the best sense possible? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there is no source outside of, outside of the obvious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what, right. what is crazy about the story of the Good Samaritan, the reason why it illustrates so perfectly what we're trying to communicate, is the fact that in the story, it is full with, it is, it is full with uh, innuendos of education and of politics and of religion, mm -hmm. right? I mean, this is, there's a political divide between the Samaritans yeah, and the Jew. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an educational divide between the Samaritan and the, yeah. the two other people. And there's a religious divide. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing about this whole thing is that God says, you know what? I'm going to show you very, very easily how simple religion is mm -hmm. by how you act. And the Samaritan ignores religion, politics, and education. Mm -hmm. And he essentially goes to the craziest extent to show what love is. He doesn't ask, if I was in this situation, what would he do? Mm. He doesn't ask, is my own life at risk? Mm. These are all questions that education has trained us to ask, mm. right? You're stupid if you don't take into consideration the fact that you're going to bring in a person that's going to hurt you. Yeah. You're, you're not smart. And so in this, in this story, God or, or the Samaritan ignores these things and asks a very basic question. Does this person need my help? Can I help them? If the answer is yes to that, then I'm obligated to do whatever it takes to help. And in so doing, I become like Jesus, which is the source of truth and knowledge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but how many of you have been inspired by this episode or rebuked by this episode or maybe a little bit of both? We need more and more of the education of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org where you can see more of our educational Bible studies and, and previous quarters and be inspired to take the Bible seriously for your life and take education from a different worldview perspective altogether. You can also go to our social media uh, outlets and go to Insta, Twitter, and Facebook and continue the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.